He's got to be pleased with that. The crowd is just on his feet here. He's a Cinderella boy. Uh, tears in his eyes, I guess, as he, as he lines up this last shot. He's got about 195 yards left. This crowd is going deadly silent. Cinderella story out of nowhere. It looks like I'm a wreck. It's in the hole! It's in the hole! Welcome to a Good Talk Spoiled Golf Podcast. I'm James Richardson and I'm joined with Barry O'Hanrahan. Hey Barry. James, how's it going? Good. Long time no see. It has been a little bit of a while and long time no talk to our listeners. Yes, uh, sorry about that. Uh, One thing and another got away from us. But anyway, we're back. Nice to take a little bit of a break. It was. Uh, as much as I like seeing you every week, it's sometimes nice not to. If you want to get in contact with us, the Twitter handle is a at a good talk golf. That's at a good talk golf. The email is a good talk spoiled at gmail.com. And uh, I suppose we're we're not going to go into huge amount of detail over the course of of the show uh, on anything, but just briefly, Barry, over the last couple of weeks, how's your golf been? I am. Um... Bit, bit, bit of everything like I uh, had my best ball striking round ever on Saturday and managed to pair it with one of my worst putting rounds ever um, and if anybody goes on to uh, game, golf. game golf they're yeah. going to see your stats because you were huge fairways and regulation percentage big GIRs I just, um, I drove 40 putts I drove it really well that day I didn't uh, didn't have any re- poorly well sorry poor relative to my driving abilities any poor tee shots I averaged 260 with 261 yards of the driver for the most part I felt like I was on the fairways or close to them you know but because I was hitting at quite a good distance it didn't wasn't really overly important on the day and the rough isn't that high at the moment um hit 14 greens in regulation and just put it atrocious really really poor uh, what were you hitting into the greens like nine irons and higher or Kind of nine irons wedges, or were they seven lot. iron, eight irons? No, a lot of the holes I was hitting reasonably short clubs. It was a calm day, and the you know the the drives are going a pretty good distance, so I was hitting pretty short clubs into most of the the holes. So, so do you think it was the accuracy on this on the second shots? Like if you're if you if you're hitting fourteen greens in regulation, and you had forty pots. Mm. you know over 18 holes I, you either were an awful long way away from the hole with your wedges or your pudding was just pretty shit the pudding was awful I had a four put I had more three puts than I need to check on game golf I'm not going to check I don't need to check that I don't need that bad information in my head I know I four putted when I had an eagle a chance on the ninth and uh, three of those puts were from inside three foot so um, look the I hadn't played in two weeks. The uh, the greens are two weeks old from being hollow cord, so they are there's they're the ball's meandering, it's bobbling a little bit. It's not too bad, but because they weren't perfect in my mind or whatever, it got to my stroke, and it was only then I went out, went out the next day on Sunday. I realised that I had been if if I was to give a number on it, holding my putter uh, maybe with a grip strength of four out of ten. Whereas I'm normally about, you know, I tried to in my head to keep it at like a one, one and a half out of ten, just really light, really, really light. So, and I put it much better on Sunday. So, look, these things happen, you know. It, it was really cool to see the stats, and I knew I was playing well. 
it was just disappointing that the pulling didn't kind of back up the stats on Saturday that it hit so many greens in regulation and I should you know you should be shoot, I should be, should be shooting 74, 75 with a ball striking round like that. Well, it was surprising because I was away. I saw your I saw the text come across or the the email from Game Golf that said Barry's posted around and I looked at it and what came up at the beginning was these incredible you know greener regulations and uh, fairway and regulation stats and I thought. Jeez, he, he's probably hit 73, 74 probably today with them. Mm. I didn't look at the putting stats. And then I saw, I think you were 80, 81. 81. Yeah. And I was like, what the hell? Now, I didn't go in and look because I, I was away. I didn't yeah. have a look at it where you were in each. But I just instinctively where I was looking at the first two numbers, which is really interesting with the game golf system, because the two questions then are, is it the putting? It's obviously not the driving. The putting at 40 putts, that's fine. You can have 40 putts, but you could be miles away from the hole. And, you know, that, that takes it into... So it would be interesting. I, 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 I'll i go back and look um, in greater detail about the, the proximity to the hole. Yeah, because look, it's, it's just, it's not good, you know. I It was a it was a bad day with the putter. And, um, hey, I got over it. I played. It was funny. I had one lost ball on the Saturday. Um, I pulled my second shot on the 15th into the the gorse on the left I was trying to just fade it a bit and it didn't fade so and that ball disappeared the Sunday we went out and played and the wind was pretty heavy like it was it was three maybe four clubs at times and uh, I shot one stroke better than a pretty much perfectly calm day the day before so I'm really happy with how my long game is. The putting was a little bit better. The The next day, 33 putts. But my greens and regulation obviously weren't 14 on the Sunday. So, yeah, I was pretty happy altogether. Um, I'm consistently kind of hitting, sticking to that nine handicap range. Or, you know, I haven't been moving too many... I haven't been going, playing better than it, but I haven't been dropping outside the buffer too often. So that's good. And it makes me happy. That means... I can, I'm comfortably stable at that. So now it's like, how do I push on from that and get a little bit better? Can I get something before the end of the season? A few weeks left maybe before qualifying ends. Maybe I can sneak to eight. I'm, I'm 9.0. You know, one, one or two good rounds, I, I could do it. But um, whatever happens, it's a really good position to start next season. So um, yeah, overall, quite happy. And yeah. you, you came back from your holidays pretty well rested and... Uh, well, it was funny. I, I went up to Mark a couple of weeks ago. I wasn't happy with the game, as, as I think we spoke on the last occasion, and we made a couple of small, just very minor changes. And then I went and played Moy Valley um, off the back stick, 7,500 yards in a scramble, and uh, hit the ball really well that day. Ball fly was so much better, um, much more confident. And... Uh, yeah, I, I I was a bit disappointed in having to go off on holidays because I had started playing quite well. And uh, yeah, it was nice to kind of grab an extra round of golf. I, I only landed at 1am on Sunday morning and teed off at 10 to 10 that day. So um, it was nice. Yeah, it was good. <laughs> With probably about four minutes between the time you arrived in the car park and the time you were up on the tee as well. I, I think I saw you walking up onto the tee when I was driving in and you were in the group in front. Yeah. But uh, thankfully, I wasn't actually the last. There was another guy in our group who was later than I was. So I wasn't was saying fine. late. I was just saying pure like preparation before your round time. You know, in terms of like, I, I, you usually do a bit of practice green, a bit of drive. Yeah, there was none of that. Um, you just, just straight into it. I, I actually drove to the golf course in my golf shoes. So uh, 
I uh, I was ready to go and I'm carrying the bag at the moment. So uh, it was into the car, straight straight at the car park and out and up. But uh, no, I had 38 points, um, you know, with the with the scratch um, scratch on 12 and out of absolutely nothing. Hit a half decent drive and uh, the wind was howling straight into my face and I was only 105 out. And I was like, oh, 105, it's normally a wedge. It's probably two clubs. So I hit a six iron. Yeah, like I hit a, I hit an eight, and uh, you know my higher ball flight. Anyway, it just got up and it just ballooned straight into the bunker, and um, the bunkers are Russian roulette again at the moment. So mm. yeah, it was just disappointing. But like thirty eight, um, I won it. I was the only one who broke par over the course of the day on any of the categories. Beat me into second place. And you didn't even believe me when I came in, and you said, "Oh, what did you have?" And I was like, "Why? What did you have?" And and Will Griffith was like, "Oh, well, he had the score that's not going to be beaten with thirty six points." And I was like, "Well, actually, it is going to be beaten with thirty eight points." One of those shit eating grins in your face, but I didn't know whether you were taking the piss or not. So um, you had to protest it a few times before. Okay, he did have thirty eight. Yeah. No, uh, it's I, a, it I, was I, a it was a really good score in, in those conditions. I'll I'll never and I said it there at the table. Said I will never feel comfortable with a thirty six point score in Glendalines, no matter how tough the conditions are. You know, you got to expect somebody will always beat it. I had a I had a, a put for birdie on the eighteenth that would have got me thirty nine points, mm. and uh, I, I went past the hole by about three feet, thinking that thirty nine would. I thought guarantee me a win. Yeah. The other thing is we're on a composite course, so we're some six holes are off forward tees, and the other twelve or however many are off the back stick. So it's kind of hard. The CSS now is is kind of thirty seven points, not thirty six. So I was thinking thirty eight is only one point over mm. under handicap. Well, the the, oh. the SSS for this new composite course is seventy. And it so happened that the CSS was the same. The competition scratch score well, sorry, for sorry, the day yeah. was also 70, which really baffled me because you were the only person that beat it. Yeah, I was the only person with 38. Out of, out of 49 players, James was the only one that beats the, the CSS of the day. It's just... It, it, just, it doesn't it, make any sense it to doesn't. me. But, um, I, I, know, I, know it's, I know it's all formula-based and the scores get thrown at it and it spits out the CSS for the day. So... It's not like somebody's in there going, uh, or somebody is in the office manipulating the figures. No, I just think it's strange that if only one person, and I only beat it by one shot, yeah. one by one point, uh, but I thought 39 I was going to require. Yeah. Um, bearing in mind, as I say, when you're saying about 36, I had in my head that it was 37 is actually what that course 37 is, is not 36. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, thankfully I, I, I won, so it's uh, it's a nice way to come back. But again... The ball flight, just everything. And actually, the, 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 the major change that I found with what myself and Mark worked on three weeks ago is all around the, the short irons. Anything from eight in, I just feel so confident and so comfortable just going straight at the pin. Mm. Because I, we, we, I now know and I'm confident enough to know that ball is going to stop on a dime. So I don't actually need to worry about, is it going to roll on? Is it going to... You know, I just hit it and hit it confidently. And like that was, there was a few times, uh, even on, on the 13th, I was out of play. I was out of position and I, I, I just hit, hit a good drive, messed up the second. And I was like, that's fine. Let's just hit a wedge. Let's just aim straight at the pin. I was, what was I, 97 out, I think. And mm-hmm. I hit it and I left it. 
kind of four foot below the hole and just ended up just leaving it on the edge. But that was the way all of a sudden now I find the difference for me is whatever I've done, it's just given me that bit more confidence to mm. go, I'll just go with the flag here. So it's uh, it's good, a few weeks to go, but um, you know, good bit of golf still to go. I have a couple of pro-ams and we've got Black Sunday up in Killeen Castle, which is... This Sunday, what, yeah. What's the? It's about seven thousand six hundred. I think it's set. It's oh, it's seven. I think it's seven six four four or something like that. Seven thousand six hundred forty four yards, and it's going to be a very long round. It is the longest course in Ireland. It is one of the longest courses in Europe, and uh, it's up there with some of the longer ones. The guys play on the PGA Tour, so but it's also tough. Like Killeen Castle, it held the Solheim Cup. Yeah, it is. It it's is a really, really tough course. Like this isn't going to be one where you can just grip it and rip it. There's going to be times mm-hmm. where a a good drive could find yourself in a bunker. <laughs> like that's yeah, that's and the problem. Look, this with is it. this is one of uh, this is a Jack Nicklaus signature course, and it's one that he says he's extremely proud of you know I and mean, he's designed a lot of golf courses now i'm sure he gives sound bites about every one that he he does but it is it is a very prestigious course and you know it's held a Solheim cup so it's uh it's no pushover at all it really isn't it, it is going to be a brutal challenge and uh, just to give people an idea like that only i think one player has uh in in the black sundays which is it's all amateurs and um, i think the best score ever has been 30 points by somebody and in general, if you shoot mid twenties, you're way in the prizes, if not winning. But the pro- the problem is, and I've played it off the forwards. I've played it off the whites. I've mm. played society outings there as well, where they're even further forward. And the problem that you have is, even on a good drive, you're playing into a green that's guarded with two or three bunkers. Yeah, it is a real Jack Nicholas idea of one entry and everywhere else you're screwed. So it's not even going to be yeah. a. a, a course where you can hit a drive and then hit the three wood and feed it and let it let it roll on up onto the green or just short like you hit a three wood and it's going to go up you're going to be in a bunker there's going to be a lot of wedge play and there's going to be a lot of bunker yeah and and this uh, these bunkers aren't just level with the green you're looking at sometimes six seven eight nine foot elevation changes to get up and even on top of that it's just a tough putting surfaces there's so many undulations that are hidden it's it's uh, it's it's going to be uh, it's going to be fun i have a i got an invite to a pro-am tomorrow out in luttrellstown oh very good yeah yeah so i really looking forward to that and um, nice yeah peter laurie actually irish Irish golfer Peter Laurie was appointed as director of golf of Lutterstown today. Oh, today. congratulations so, to Peter Laurie. Uh, yeah, he lives just down the road, so it's a good fit for the two of them. And you know, Lutterstown's been kind of coming back to its uh, to much higher standard. They kind of redeveloped the, the the eighteen holes. They've kind of had a few tweaks made to them. And the last time I played it a few months back, it was in great condition. So really looking forward to it. Uh, well, look, what, anybody who's been playing over the last while since we were away, let us know how you guys are getting on. A good talk golf uh, is the Twitter handle at goodtalkspoiled at gmail.com. You see a lot of people uh, popping up on our game golf as well. And the game golf. Make sure you follow us. Uh, I'm now back on game golf due to some uh, unfortunate technical errors over the last while. But It was a hardware issue. It was a it? hardware issue. Yeah, yeah. But uh, that was more the user than the, the hardware itself. But, I'm now back up and running, so I'll be back on uh, back on game golf as of this week. Um, so look, there's been a lot of news over the last number of weeks, but we're not going to in any way attempt to try and uh, go over it all. But let's let's just touch on a few things. Before we left, we we're pretty sure we covered the whole Nike uh, mm. leaving golf. Um, just the golf clothes. To see, just the golf clothes. Not the clothing. 
it's interesting to see that straight away we've got Rory going and changing the putter to, mm. to Scotty Cameron. Um, you know, that wasn't something that was too surprising. But interestingly today, there's a rumour coming out on the internet that Jason Day has just signed a very lucrative um, apparel contract with Nike. So this might be a real show of strength by Nike to say, hey, we might be leaving the golf clubs and the mm. golf balls and the golf bag, but we're here to stay when it comes to apparel. Rumour is it's £10 million a year. Um, it, it's going to be a big coup for him, you know, for, for Nike and for him. It's a lot of um, very brightly coloured t-shirts to be sold to pay that off. Yeah, but it, it, it puts it in the same area now as the £100 million with with yeah. Rory over the 10 years. So it, it shows where Jason Day is in terms of world mm. golf and also where Nike is. And I think it's a real marker for them saying we're, we're here and we're staying. Let's talk about somebody else, though, in the Nike fold, and that's that's Tiger, who's um, made another announcement about his return variant. I think the people of Turkey are very much uh, excited about the first outing of, of Mr. Woods since... It's interesting that all three, you know, obviously they, they always go play really warm locations in the, the sorry, the northern hemisphere winter months, but he's off to, he's playing the Safeway Open in California, in Napa, and then the Turkish Airlines Open a couple of, was it two, two and a half, three weeks later, I think it is, well, sorry, yeah, my diary manager, calendar management isn't too good in my brain at the moment, but then he's, he's leaving gaps in between his tournaments, so he's easing himself back into it. And then, so that's the 3rd of November, the Turkish Airlines Open, and then he's playing his Tiger Woods Foundation, uh, the Hero Challenge in the Bahamas on the 1st of December. So this is his plan at the moment. It's very exciting. He's back. Well, sorry, he is due to be back. <laughs> and what, let's see what game he brings back with him. It, um, yeah, it, it, it's, you know. it's going to take time. Uh, it's clear that he's he has taken his own time to make sure that he comes back. Mm. I, I think this is the way we'll see his schedule. Oh, From now on, I think we're going to see yeah. one tournament maybe every three weeks. Kind of Steve Stricker-esque kind of. Kind of I, I think he will build it up to the... I think he's obviously wanting to go back to Augusta. Um, and I think you'll see that after December, you mm. probably won't see him again until maybe the end of January, early February. Yeah. And then I don't think we'll see him week in, week out. Um, no. But he, he'll, be, he'll pick and choose for sure. Like, And he'll... He can play whatever tournament he wants. He'll get tournaments, you know. He'll get a, t- a sponsor's invite. You have to when you're so low in the world rankings. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, he's got a lot of tournaments where he's probably won already. You know, he just easily walk back into as a previous champion or whatever. But look, yeah, I think that's that's it. We'll we'll see him build it up towards Masters. He'll you know he'll then play maybe a couple of back to back weeks, closing in on Augusta in uh, in April. So it's it's really good. I think golf has missed him you know, as a player. You know, he's always going to be part of the conversation because he's Tiger Woods and he's golf. But playing wise, we've missed him because because of all the all the various reasons we could go into. But you just miss him, and I, I'm I'm looking forward to having him back. I hope it's going to be a relatively clean reintegration into it without like the yips problems or yeah, blading like that's, chips. That's and the that's that's, the that's what we hope. Like the issue is, is he going to be like? I suppose there's a couple of things, and we talked about Nike a minute ago, but it would be really interesting to see what putter he comes back with. Does he go back to Scotty Cameron, go back to the, the putter mm. that won him 13 majors, or does he stay with the, the, the putter? Does he himself feel that the, the, the game, the short game, which is the bit that's going to really be the ring rustiness, um, 
also is he going to have the same length you know what kind of length is he going to have compared to the lads that are there this is a guy who hasn't really competed at the level that you know with Jordan Spieth you know Rory to a lesser extent but like there's a lot of guys who have come through since Tiger was Tiger mm. and is he going to be able to compete what I think we all want to see is is Tiger competing not just turning up and, and, and going home on a Friday afternoon and you don't see him for the weekend. You want to see him back. You want to see him top 10s, top 20s, mm. competing and, and getting the crowd going. And just that little sparkle of Tiger Woods magic on yeah. a golf tournament. You know, like we always know that the famous shot in, in Augusta, you know, those moments where he just was able to pull out a shot that nobody else, regardless of any of the rest, and I don't mean the trickery like Phil, but when it meant most to hold a 40-footer mm. across the green, three undulations, half half a mile away, and all of a sudden the only person you can bet on on the 17th hole on the last day to hold it is him. It would be him, and, yeah. And, and that's the bit that I'd love to see, that, that tiger back, that kind of getting the crowd going. And, and a bit of magic every so often. I think the interesting thing is he knows he's he can't compete with these guys on length anymore. They're just crushing the golf ball. Justin Johnson averaged 315 yards off the tee the other day, like on Sunday. Tiger's not going to do that. It, he knows he can't do it. He can get it out there occasionally, but he won't be able to do it consistently. I think it's whether he's mentally able to deal with the fact that he's not the longest on tour, nor is he even close to the longest on tour anymore. Can he just play within the confines of what his body allows him to do now versus what he was able to do? Can, has, he got, has he changed mentally over, this, over the last year now? Well, that and also, is he, after these three tournaments or you know, and maybe when the, the shine comes off that he's returning, mm. will he be able to deal with not being the number one guy in the media tent? You know, there is a lot of guys who they want to I, do. I disagree. Do. He's going to be the number one guy in the media tent. For the time being. But but give it six months. Yeah. Give it six months and he's leaving on a Friday afternoon and not competing. Is he going to be the media guy? Is he going to be... He's another... You know, the shine is, oh my God, Tiger's coming back. So you think fast forward to like maybe late May next well, say, year. Say this he's, time he, next year. He's, 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 he's had like a... T- he's maybe finished inside the top 40 in Augusta. He's had one top 20. All of a sudden... But is, 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 is it about Tiger Woods then? Mm. You know, if Jordan Spieth is back to his best, Jason Day, Justin Rose, you know, all these guys, Rory's there. All these big names. He's not relevant then. If well, he's not if they're anything. the ones that are competing yeah, yeah. week in, week out, is the story Jason Day, Rory, Jordan Spieth, you know, those guys, or is it the guy who is down at 35th in the mm. tournament? And I think it would be interesting to see how the TV coverage takes place over the next while. The first couple of events are going to all be about Tiger. We know that. Yeah. Like, it's going to be built up. As it's all Tiger, Tiger. Even but when he... I say in, in, in six months' time or in 12 months' time, will there be that insatiable appetite by both the media and the TV to show very little of anybody else, mm. as they used to do repeatedly, where we always complained of... Even when he was yipping it away there last year, they were still showing him, and the coverage was the Tiger story. But it's, it's, it's now... How, how long will they stick with that if he's not performing to a level that dictates he should be shown on TV. But the question is, has the game of golf moved on past the necessity to have 
Tiger as the biggest selling brand in golf. We now have your Jordan Speets, your Jason Days, your Rory McIlroy's, your Bubba Watsons. You've you've huge names that have filled a void for quite some time since Tiger left. What? And Do you know what I'll say to that? Wait to see what Tiger has to say about it and what his game has to say about it. He'll be the one that dictates whether that that happens. But or that's not. if he comes back and yeah. he comes back and competes with those guys. If he comes back and competes with those guys, then obviously the the insatiable appetite of everything to do with Tiger will remain. If on the other hand he he doesn't, I think six months after it would be less about Tiger Woods and he'll be another guy. And then the question is, does he maintain his tour status? Question. If we get to this time next year, sorry, back three weeks ago when they do the cutoff for the tour cards and the FedEx Cup playoffs, if we get to that stage, Tiger Woods hasn't earned his tour card. And he's, well, I think he's and, guaranteed and, his tour card. Okay, sorry. I mean, in terms of performance, right? So he's had... He's backdoor to top 10 in one of the tournaments he's played. He's missed, He's say he's played 14 events, he's missed six cuts, he's backdoored one top 10, he's had two top 20s and the rest of the performances are all somewhere between, he's made a cut. Do you think he thinks about packing it in after giving it a full year? But I think that's the point. That's the Do you point think he of, thinks about packing it in? I forget what the media say. Do you think he's actually gone, do you know what, I'm, I'm done here now. But this is, this is where you have to question a guy like Tiger is competitive and you're not going to be competitive just scraping onto the weekend. Mm-hmm. And this is a guy who is the best there has ever been, arguably. Um, certainly in that one, two people, you can have a long debate over generations and who's the best, but he's right there. Do you sully your name as one of the best that's ever been by just scraping through and playing at 7.30 on a Saturday morning and 7.30 on a Sunday? Or do you say, actually, guys, I've given it a crack. This isn't for me. And what I might do is I might be like Nick Faldo and I might come back and play the Masters or I might come back and play Mm. one big event or two big events. But I'm not here to compete really anymore. But, like, he doesn't have to justify himself to anybody. No. That's the one thing. No, to himself, and that's the only person. It depends on, is Tiger coming back because he wants to get back to being in the world top 10, world top player and competing or is he doing this to prove to people that he didn't leave because of injury and he wants to leave on his own like can i put it this way to you fast forward this time next year and he's you know won the major and then the following year he beats the record is that the time that he goes do you know what lads i'm out of here i'm leaving on a high if so he wins five what five majors in the next he won't. Yeah. He won't. Because in my opinion, and I've maintained this for a long time, he won't win another major. Um, I think that, And that's the problem I think that Tiger will have. Not just the mental mm. ability of being not long enough off the tee with these guys, but is he actually got a game? And we won't know that until probably this time next year when we look back, because mm-hmm. we're only speculating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He could come back, he could be amazing. He could come back and he could have all the yips, or he could be even worse than he was, you know, the, the yips plus. We won't know that until a year from now. Well, you know, like it, it, it could, it could, he could be woeful off the the tee. You know, his putting might be all right, but he's not getting anywhere close to it. So you, you just don't know. But yeah, it will be. Yeah. I think that you'll see that the shine, unless he's competing, come April, May, of June of next year, I think the shine will go off. All things Tiger, 
And I think that the media's focus will revert back to the top five or six. Oh, but it has to. Like, there's only so much content that, you know, the public are willing to read about a guy who's still struggling with his game, no matter what his name was before, you know, or, or is. You're dead right. They're not going to keep writing about him struggling and struggling and struggling. They have to talk about the guys who are doing well. So You can come over to the European tour and give it a crack, see how he gets on, you know, play some events over here. Why not? Why not? Um, let's have a look. Obviously, one of the other big uh, uh, stories over the last while and what's going to be covered by us over the next couple of weeks is that of the Ryder Cup, which is uh, three weeks, four weeks away now. Three weeks away, I think. Uh, first weekend in October, in any event. Um, it's last weekend in September. <laughs> it's Friday week. It's Friday fortnight. So we are now less than 20 days. We're 17 days away. 17 days. Uh, we were killing the calendar here today, James. Uh, yeah, we should have checked it. Uh, Ricky Fowler, JB Holmes, and Matt Kuchar are three out of the four picks for the US team. Dustin Johnson, Zach Johnson, Brooke Kepka, uh, Phil Mickelson, Patrick Reed, Brant Snedeker, Jordan Spieth, and Jimmy Walker make up the rest of the team. Uh, who is going to be the last of that pick? I don't know. Do you look? It's not. I'm going to say who it's not. It's not going to be Jim Furyk. Because so, he's already kind of involved in the vice-captain's sort of capacity. I, do you know what? I don't think... Um, there's a lot of Twitter and articles and everything about who's going to be the last pick. I don't think it's going to be Bubba Watson. I, th- I think Bubba might be... You get the feeling the USA are trying to go for a good team atmosphere this year rather than just picking the best player statistically. Now, it just so happens that... Fowler, Kuchar and Holmes were very close to the, the cutoff point for making the team automatically. Um, but it seems like they want a, a good atmosphere this year. And as far as uh, you know, the, the anonymous tour pro polls, Bubba's not one of the most popular guys on tour. In fact, he's probably one of the most unpopular guys on tour. And you know, on the face of it, the only friend he has in that team is Ricky Fowler. So... If they're trying, if Davis Love's trying to cultivate a good team atmosphere, which seems to be one of the key ingredients to why Europe's been so successful over the last, you know, six, seven Ryder Cups, Bubba Watson's not that guy to put in there to help them do achieve that. The thing about this team, when you look at it, is there's a lot of experience here. You know, there's a huge amount of guys who have been excellent this year, won a lot of tournaments, majors. You could go outside the box and find somebody who might be of that kind of generation that's on the way up and, and look at somebody like that and say, there's a guy who maybe this year hasn't quite hit the for the for money or to get on the team. I'd love to pick. see, like a, for the USA's benefit, for just this, for blooding a guy, a new bit of somebody with no scar tissue, you know, because he will be a rookie. Somebody like a Justin Thomas or a Daniel Berger, an exciting young golfer who's clearly going to be part of future Ryder Cups as well. It's, you know, that one guy's not going to cost you a Ryder Cup. It's, it's the whole team that's going to cost you a Ryder Cup if you lose it or your opponent's playing phenomenal. But so, you can look at guys on that team that if you take either of those two as an example over Bubba Watson, and I'm mm. not, I, 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 I'll, I'll stay out of whether or not it's a temperament thing that he's not being picked or may not be picked um, but like you can take a rookie and pair him with Phil Jimmy Walker Jordan Spieth 
Patrick Reed, Dustin Johnson, you know, Ricky Fowler, Zach Johnson. Like, there's guys there that you would be able to say, look, we can stick him out. Mm-hmm. And he's he's going to be fine. And when you look at the European tour and the European team, and you look at how many of the players in that are rookies, you know, there is going to be an experience deficit here very much weighted in favour of the US team. So we have Rafa Cabrera-Belo, uh, Matthew Fitzpatrick, Sergio Garcia, Martin Keimer, Rory McIlroy, Thomas Peters, Lee Westwood, Andy Sullivan, Hendrick Stenson, Justin Rose, Danny Willett and Chris Wood. There's a lot of rookies in this team. And that's fine because a lot of these guys have played very well and are really good players. But if you're looking at the last pick at the US, there is a lot of guys in that team with a lot of experience in the Ryder Cup that can absorb, as you say, one of those two players that even yeah. if he goes out on the, on, the, on the Friday morning and has an absolute mare, he doesn't have to go back out until... Sunday, if it's you know, if it's just not his bag. And the beauty is, you put you put that fresh guy out in a four ball match. He's somewhat protected. If he has a bogey or two, his experienced playing partner goes, "Come on, you're all good. It's all good. There's no pressure on here. Just go out and swing, play golf. Something will happen. I got your back for now." And and that's it's just the four ball is a beautiful way to kind of get somebody involved in it. And somebody young like a, I'm not saying it has to be one of those two guys. It could be you know, or but just a first timer. They're just going to have an amazing buzz and vibe about going to play the Ryder Cup, and particularly it's going to be in front of their home fans as well because it's a home it's a home game for the USA this time around in Hazeltine. I I think it's uh it's ripe for taking a punt on a on a, literally a wild card. So like, that's on. what they're called. Put your name on it. Who 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 does Davis Love take? I, I think Berger is a good a Berger's a good shout. He's sixteenth in the rankings. Um or sorry, the US Ryder Cup points list. Um you know, he's an exciting guy, he re, he's aggressive and he's played very well recently as in this weekend. So um Yeah. He should take a punt I think he should take a punt on a, a literally a wild card. But uh, who, who knows? We're second guessing. Yeah, well, we'll wait and see. It's two weeks before he makes who, his final pick. So, who do you uh, think? I, it's one of those two for me. I don't think it's Bubba because I don't think you need to bring Bubba. Mm. And and if there is a temperament question, and we don't know that, all we can see is from the outside looking in. This is all about revenge for the US. They need a win. And, and in my personal opinion, we'll talk about this in much greater detail over the, the next couple of weeks in the lead up to the Ryder Cup. The Ryder Cup needs the US to win this, and if not to win it, it needs to be so close that it's coming down to the last couple of groups and the singles on the Sunday. This is a blowout for the for the Europeans, and they win it again. Mm. I, I think that there's going to be questions about not just the way the tournament is set up, but if this particular European team, of all teams, can go to America and win, then there is something fatally flawed about either the, the, the system, the tournament, or the way the Americans are going about it. because I don't think so. I, I think that's doing Europe a disservice. Look, a few weeks ago, I thought the USA were going to smash us out of the park. But a few weeks ago, Thomas Peters hadn't gone on a torrid run of form, winning left, right, and center, and basically grabbing that spot for himself. A few weeks ago, Rory McIlroy didn't have a Scotty Cameron putter and a new putting thought from a new putting coach in his head. You know... 
I, I think the guys are showing a little bit more. A few weeks ago, Justin Rose wasn't an Olympic gold medalist, you know. But all of a sudden, there seems to be a bit of momentum with the European team that wasn't there at all. So they now have something that they're kind of grabbing onto, like the, the cart is moving down the hill. So they just got to jump on it and see where it takes them. I, There's more question marks over this European team than there has been in possibly four, uh, four previous Ryder Cups. There's so many newbies, of course there has to be. So in that way, yeah. you have to put it that the, the US have the upper hand. Oh, they're, they're definitely strong favourites. Favorites. Home advantage, yeah, yeah. the crowd... The experience, the world rankings, you know, all of that lends itself. And that's the point. If and this isn't a close tournament. The big psychological block of and they have so much pressure on them to win. Absolutely. It's but, huge. But if this is if this US team can't win with all the rookies and a mm-hmm. few that aren't showing form, and I think that the waiting is on the Americans, and if they don't show a good win or a win. I'd actually at this stage think they just need to win. Mm-hmm. I think the Ryder Cup won't, especially on the American networks, which is ultimately the big draw for this tournament and the money yeah. that comes into it. Two years time, it's going to be a struggle, in my opinion. And that's what is going to be really interesting about this Ryder Cup. Davis Love needs to win this. America need to win it for more for the benefit of the Ryder Cup going forward. Otherwise, it's going to be another European victory, another little bit of American interest in TV going Mm. down. Because at the moment, they're going to be competing in two weeks' time, three weeks' time with, you know, the American football is back, you know, college sports are back. This is getting knocked down a little bit. So if this isn't held up to being the great spectacle it always has been then I think that it, it, it struggles again in two years' time. And if the US don't do it with all of their internal shite that they did two years ago... Their task force. Then, then what, what, yeah. what is there? How, where can they go with this? I don't know, conceded forever. But I don't think they conceded forever. Yeah. I just think that it's going to make it more difficult to, to continue to get the money behind it that, that, that this tournament needs where these guys are playing for nothing, play, playing for pride of their, their, their continent. And I think that you look at somebody coming forward and saying maybe it needs to be rejigged or is there a format change or is something. Is that just sour grapes? Like? Well, we'll have to wait and see what happens afterwards. Step, like, step up and win it. You well, know, that's the reality yeah, of and it. There's, there's, the Americans are always statistically the better team. They're always higher in the rankings than the European team. Figure out a way to win it. You know, If you lose... Tough. Go figure out a way to win it. You know, it's it's easy to sit from where we are now. You know, to say this from where we are because having won so many of the recent ones, but but we were the team that lost a lot, a lot, a lot. A lot but lot. the change that occurred, to be fair, was we went from Great Britain and Ireland to European. That helped. That was the significant change. So that was the do shift. We allow, do we allow the Americans to have Canada, Mexico? Well, we'll, we'll see. <laughs> yeah. uh, but the point is that it may have to, the format might have to change. Or that What you don't want is a Ryder Cup to just be uninteresting and uncompetitive. Do you think and you that don't ever want... happens? Well, I, I think that there, there comes a point. Like, look, it's not that long ago that Rory said that he wasn't that bothered about the Ryder Cup. You know? That was, like, was that not when he was, was his first Ryder Cup? doesn't matter. The point is yeah. that there comes a point in time where does... does, does Another person put on a tournament at the same weekend as the Ryder Cup and puts 10 million on the table 
and says, lads, do you want to come play for 10 million or do you want to go to the Ryder Cup? And if it's not competitive, it doesn't get their juices mm. flowing. Do these guys go with their bank balance and go off? We don't know. The point is that this Ryder Cup, in my view, has to be uber competitive, needs to be very, very close. And in my view, for it to, to really... And I don't want to see Europe. I want to see Europe win because I'm a Darren Clark fan. But you're and, also a Ryder Cup but fan. But I'm a huge so Ryder Cup fan. Needs... And I think yeah. it either has to be a Miracle of Medina type win for Europe that makes it iconic and makes it amazing. Mm. But if it's if it's a blowout for the European team and they win it by five or you know four or five points, then I think that there is going to be real questions in America as to what the hell they can do about it, and. You know that's that's my fear. Uh, they, what, what can you do? Like they created a task force that ended up picking they've got like the, three the guys question, who just finished like just outside the right. You know, but the, the question then like, is, what they do is they don't they look at the format. They look at how how do they change the format to make it more advantageous back towards them. So does it mean that everybody has to play by you know Friday evening? So you can't have people sitting out. Do you have yeah, it that the... Yeah, that, that's an idea I get on board with. I does, like that. Does, every, does everybody, instead of just having X amount of match plays and four balls matches, does everybody play? You bring 12 guys, it's three days, and everybody plays every round, every day. So you put out your full team, six pairings in the morning, six pairings yeah, in the afternoon. Like six, six fours and six four balls, six fours and six... So guys are playing 36 each day yeah. and then 18 the next. And it's, it, it you know, or they, you, you know, you, you do it that... It's five, five, five. You know, you mm. do it in some Only way. Only two guys sit out each. That two guys yeah. sit out. But that you have to make sure that everybody plays each day. Mm-hmm. You know, so there may be, there's, there's ways of doing it that's not a task force. But if it doesn't work for America, and if there's a blowout to the European team, I think you see America turning around and pushing their weight a little bit, saying, guys, this isn't working. And let's be honest, where the money is, is it's that America. side of the water. And it's America that's going to dictate, you know, the success of it. Well, let's see what the conversation is like in, what, three three weeks' time? Yep. Uh, Let's have a quick look at the FedEx Cup. Um, We're now down to the last. We're down to the Tour Championship at Eastlake Golf Club in Atlanta. Um, This is really winner-takes-all in the top five. Um, We've had, what, the Barclays, Patrick Reed picked up the winner's check there, the Deutsche Bank Championship in TPC Boston, Rory with the new putter went and, and, and came back on a superb back uh, 18 on, on, on Sunday to win. Um, the BMW Championship last week, another big name, Dustin Johnson, another putter changer. Um, I'd say quite a lot of the guys in the top five are probably going out and changing their putter this <laughs> week. Um, they have been big names, all Ryder Cup guys, as you were pointing out earlier. You know, you've, you've got your... Patrick Reed, Rory McIlroy, Dustin Johnson. The system, Barry, we talked this off air. The system is that really everybody gets reset in the top five. Um, this is really a five-person shootout at this stage. So somewhat, yeah. If if any of the top five win this tournament, the at the one at Eastlake, which is not this weekend, the weekend after, we'll talk about it and preview it more next week. They win the FedEx Cup and the ten million. So their destiny is in their hands. Beyond that, so if Rory were to go out and win the tournament, 
he'd probably need Dustin Johnson, who currently sits first, to finish third or worst, or tied third or worst. There's all there's per- a lot of permutations. There's permutations kicking, and more, and the further are, further down you sit in the top thirty going into East Lake and win the tournament, the fur, you know the more permutations are required. Anyway, I just I've been so about the FedEx Cup, like. The only thing that's remotely interesting to me is to watch the guys try to get through to the next week's tournament. The guys are on the bubble, so they're trying to get from the top 125 to the top 100, the top 100 to the top 70, the top 70 to the top 30. And the thing is, they they sort of have an idea where they're at, but we're getting these unbelievable real-time uh, things on our TV screen saying, if he makes X, he fin- you know, he'll finish in Y position. If he does this, he'll get that. Whereas the guys on course don't 100% know the ramifications of each shot they take so it's it's kind of a little bit intriguing like that but for the guys I don't know it just seems a little bit kind of tired at this stage like they need I don't know whether they need to freshen it up you made a good point earlier about like where is the huge reward for performing really well and really consistently throughout the season to finish in the top few places in the standings going into the playoffs you know you don't really get one because the playoff, the points in the playoffs are so heavily weighted. It's like they're so versus a regular season event. You know, you catch fire for a couple of weeks in the playoffs. I mean, I know that's what the playoffs are about. You know, the, the dream finish to a season, but you can plod along, get a little bit hot. You know, for four weeks, and all of a sudden, you're the person that people remember for twenty. You know, season 2015, 2016. It's, it's just a the bit point weird. Of, the point of the FedEx Cup as the race to Dubai was, in my opinion, should be that at the end of the year, the number one ranked guy is the guy who's played consistently. And they, for the FedEx, started last October in this wraparound season through to now. That should be the person who ends up picking up the 10 million. It should be the best player in 2016 who has played the most Mm. consistent. The idea that... But that's not exciting, is it? As a, no, as a the, finishing is, for, towards the end of the season. Like, you take, right, so, you know, looking at this, Paul Casey last week had a great round, has jumped from 10th to 5th. Mm-hmm. He can go out this week and win this tournament, and he wins 10 million in the FedEx. That doesn't necessarily reflect to say that Paul Casey was the best player on tour that's what I'm saying yeah that's definitely and this is the problem with this resetting of the top five mm. that ultimately says whatever about like if Paul Casey goes out this week and plays really really well and you know comes or say Rory who's sixth who's a better example Rory goes out this week wins the tournament mm-hmm. and if he gets X amount of points and finishes first well then well done he wins if on the other hand he goes out this week and he wins the tournament and he doesn't finish first, he finished second to Dustin Johnson, well then Dustin Johnson's the winner because mm. he's, you know, I just don't like the the, the last way. It, 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 this, this idea... The top five controlling just, their destiny. It's, yeah, it's just... I, I don't know. I, it's a hard... It also, it's, it's tough that if you've spent the whole season at number one and the guy at number five who hasn't touched his arse at number one and then all of a sudden he goes out this week you know, as you say, hits the form at the right time towards the end of the season. Thanks for the 10 Keeps million. going, you know, keeps yeah. get hitting hitting a bit of form, ends up, you know, peaking at the right time, and all of a sudden he has, like like Paul Casey being a good example, hasn't got anywhere in an arse's roar of number one this season. Mm-hmm. 
has now got himself from 10th to 5th, wins this tournament, hits the perfect vein of form, wins this tournament this week, picks up a check for one, or next uh, Saturday, Sunday weekend, uh, picks up 1.8 million for the for the winner's check yeah. and picks up 10 million as the FedEx. Is he the true best player? Where the where the race to Dubai? Absolutely not. Or the you know the the best player of the European Tour back when it used to be not mm-hmm. the race to Dubai. The order of merit. The order of merit was truly the order of merit. Who had earned the most money over the course of the year, and whoever that was showed a true reflection of how they played for the whole season. Yeah, there's something still not right about this FedEx Cup. I don't know. Do they? They're, not, they're never going to introduce a match play element, but I would love to see the guys playing a match for millions of dollars. That would be entertaining to me. If they had it down to even shorter matches, like nine-hole matches, can you imagine that? That would be phenomenal viewing on TV. It would TV. be interesting if you took the top 64 and broke it down into, into, brackets. into brackets and did it that way. I, I, I don't uh, know. That obviously also then argues that, that shifts it from being... Does that, la- does that tournament last for a it's, week? It's, it's, you know, yeah. it's, it, it's, it's set up for American TV. We know that. That's the way it's... Because they can't have a situation... Because as we know in American sports... You can't tie. It, you can't have a tie. No. And you can't have non-excitement in finals. You know, mm. you have to have everybody competing. The only surprising thing is that it's only the top five that have their own destiny in their hands. It, uh, you know, I'm surprised they don't just simply turn around and say the top 30, you all get wiped and winner takes all. And, and that, let that be an absolute ripper of a fight. See, now that gets an awful lot more entertaining. Well, it means the guy at 30 who, who's battled his arse to get into number 30 yeah. has a chance. Anybody outside the top five yeah, yeah. in two weeks' time is realistically looking at going, let's see what happens. But so, so, yes, I mean, the guys from 6 to 10 have a pretty good shot if they win the tournament of winning the FedEx Cup. It gets a little bit worse progressively as you go down. The guys from 11 to 30 are just there going, yep, I'm just here to pick up a check, as big a check as I can. Well, they could pick up the 1.8 million and win the tournament, but they, they won't be picking up their 10 million. They won't, um, no. But they're, they're, they're there to cash a massive check and as massive a check. That is their only motivation this week, really. I mean, they say that the guy in 30th can win it, but I mean, come on. Like, so you, the guy in 30th is going to what, require Dustin Johnson to come tied last. Oh, yeah, you need... And he needs... And every permutation, it needs oh, to be completely be, it, reversed. It would be millions and millions to one for this like to it, happen. Like, it means that everybody from 30th to one has to be reversed, one perfectly, to 30. Exactly. in that order, yeah, so. it, doesn't, it, it doesn't work. And, that's, and that's, that's the problem. It doesn't... I mean, whatever they say about the top... You know, anyone in the top 30 can win. Let's be realistic, guys. They can't, so... Something I don't know. I'd love to. I'm not even sure the top ten. I think I. You say six to ten. I actually probably think that realistically, you're talking top seven max. You know, well, like, yeah, seven or eight maybe. I mean, the guy, yeah, intense Jimmy Walker. He needs to win it, and then Dustin Johnson to probably finish twenty second or twenty third or worst or something along those lines. It's got you know. It's huge permutations, but like, and he, and and saying that he also needs Patrick Reed and Adam Scott and Jason Day and Paul Casey to finish far down as well on the other side of the table. You know, so but it's, if we look at if we just look for just thirty seconds mm-hmm. on this, we're looking at the rankings here. Ranked first is Dustin Johnson. He's had three wins, fourteen top tens. At number two, Patrick Reed has had one win, eleven top tens. Third in Adam Scott is two wins, eight. But if you look down at, at four and Jason Day, who's had three wins and ten top tens, he's fourth. Why is he not ahead of Patrick Reed? Like, yeah. you know, In Patrick Reed has, be. you know, he's had, you know, one, one win and 11 top tens. 
Jason Day has had three wins and ten top tens. Mm. That is a better record than Patrick Reed. It's far better than uh, Adam Scott. And you look at Paul Casey, who has had zero wins mm-hmm. and six top tens, yet he's placed at fifth because of last week. So it doesn't reflect in any way, shape, or form the reality of who is the best. Because Over the season. when you look at that, just looking at those guys, it should be Dustin Johnson, Jason Day, Patrick Reed. And then you need to be looking at kind of Jordan Spieth, uh, Adam Scott as the next two, and then kind of going down from there. That's the true reflection of of, of the season over in America. But that's not what And that's is. not what the FedEx is showing. And that's the problem. It, it's not showing. And, and Dustin Johnson, who's won three, top, 14 top tens, Paul Casey could, you know, win this week, have one win, six top tens or seven top tens, I think they add the... The, the, the seventh in is the victory one and seven he's still nowhere close to the three and 14 yeah that dustin has had is that a fair reflection i don't think so no but we will then forever remember paul casey is the fedex champion and it's it doesn't reflect actually the season he's had and he absolutely could be he's playing really good golf at the moment really good golf just not quite good enough to win a tournament, but you never know what what'll happen next week. Well, it's ten million to do it, so I suppose that will make your knees knock a little bit on the eighteenth and the seventy second hole. Let's have a very quick look back at the European tour. The D and D Rail uh, Czech Masters was won by Paul Peterson. Uh, the Maiden Denmark was Thomas Peters. You alluded to him earlier. The Omega uh, European Masters out in Switzerland was Alex Noren. And the KLM Open in the Dutch, uh, the Dutch Open was Jos Luton. Uh, this week they go to the Italian Open. Um, it's being played at the golf club Milano in uh, De Monza in Italy. It's three. Is million. that beside the the track, the Monza racetrack? I'd assume so. Yeah. Cool. Uh, well, no. Got yes. Yeah, oh, yeah. You're right. Yeah, because Monza is in Milan. Yeah. So, nice. um, whether it's right beside it, I don't know, but it's in in the right area. Um, you probably have some of the betting here. I have the odds uh, here. So yeah. have a look at the odds there for us. Martin Keimer is eleven to one. Danny Willett's sixteen to one. That's interesting, isn't it? Willett's arguably had a better season than Keimer. Keimer's now uh, favourite over him. Uh, ben Ann eighteen to one. Yost Lauten eighteen to one. Matthew Fitzpatrick twenty to one. Cabrera Bayo twenty to one. Lee West at twenty two to one. Do you think Darren Clark said, "Guys, you better get a game of golf under your belts." Uh, well, they have this week, and they obviously have the uh, the Porsche European Open over in Germany on the twenty second to the twenty fifth before the Ryder Cup. So I'd say yeah, a lot he's of them been are... telling them get out and mm-hmm. find some form. Molinar, Francesco Molinari is twenty five to one. Soren Kelson twenty eight to one. Andy Sullivan thirty five to one. Chris Wood, Scott Hend, Jakob Anzil, and Tyrrell Hatton are forty to one. Fabrizio Zanotti is 45-1 to one. Julian Kane and Alejandro Canizares Nino Bertezio David Lipsky Richard Bland are all 50-1 to one, and the rest of the field are 55-1 to one and out um, It's one that's going to be interesting we obviously want to see all the European tour players that are going to the Ryder Cup mm. uh, really competing here In positions like 1-9 to nine or whoever yeah ideally there, yeah. well like you know you want to see Danny Willett particularly Matthew Fitzpatrick I think could do with showing a little bit um, I, I think the guys make the cut that is that is it make the cut get your four rounds competitive golf if you're not playing in the yeah. Porsche European Open yeah, yeah, the following yeah. week and you're not going to play again until the Ryder Cup 
this is the week to 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 find something. What you don't want to see is a guy, as you say, miss the cut, be stinking on something and thinking, oh shit, where where are we going? Yeah, shooting like a couple of seventy fives or seventy sevens. You know, going, uh oh, where yeah. my game has gone? How do I find it in the next two weeks? With you know, the world spotlight being on me. Yeah, like it would be interesting to see what what their plans are, whether they're meeting up over the next few days, you know, after this tournament, are the tour play, are the team coming together mm-hmm. for a few bits and pieces, and there is also a major on this week at the LPGA is currently taking place, and the Evian Masters, the fifth major, the fifth major, yeah, um, and the current odds on the board are we have Lydia Ko is favorite seven to two Aria Jutanagarn is eight to one Lexi Thompson 16 to one Suzanne Pedersen 20 to one alongside Shan Shan Feng Brooke Henderson's 22 to one Stacey Lewis and Seyun Kim are 25 to one as are Inji Chun Minji Lee and Sung Hyung Park 28 to 1 is Anna Norkvist. Uh, Amy Yang is 30 to 1, and the rest of the field are 33 to 1 and 8. It, uh, it's going to be um, uh, a, great, uh, a great tournament. and uh, It's always a nice one to watch. It's on our time. It's, it's on know, our time. It's also on our TV. It's on our TV. Uh, it's, a, it's a nice golf course. So, um, yeah, look, it always seems to give it a little bit of drama, which I is good. I think, was this Lydia Coe's first major and youngest winner of? A major last year I think she won it last year uh, you can correct me if I'm wrong on the Twitter handle uh, I won't give it out on this occasion you can uh, listen back um, so look it, it, it's, it's been a while so we have a lot more that we need to cover over the next few weeks but you know we, we're kind of just touching on a couple of the bits that have interested us over the last while the Ryder Cup's obviously going to dictate an awful lot between now and then what cup? Uh, the Ryder Cup. Yeah. Um, uh, look, we're, look, we're really looking forward to it. It's always going to be fun, even if we smash the Americans again. It, it's it's always going to be a competitive thing. Maybe if we do win, it, it might push through some changes that are pretty interesting. Um, yeah, it, it, we'll, we'll wait and see. You know, it's it's good to get the debate going. If anybody has any opinions, uh, get it onto us on our Twitter handle, which is a good talk golf. And our email is a good talk spoiled at gmail.com. If there's been anything over the last couple of weeks uh, when we haven't been on air and you want us to discuss it or you have any views on it, let us know on the Twitter handle as well and we'll certainly uh, cover it next week. Um, other than that, thank you, Barry, for um, you know all your input. Cheers, James. Um, make good sure show. that anybody over the next couple of weeks days you and i are you're going to be at the pro-am tomorrow mm-hmm. you'll have maybe your game golf system with you doing I'll, I'll, it. I'll have game golf up so, tomorrow yeah i'm going to send a few tweets out as well from luttrell's town castle and looking forward to it hopefully the um, weather's good give us a follow on game golf i'm barry o'hanrahan he's james richardson and uh we will talk to you all again next week <laughs> bye bye yeah. well goodbye Bye-bye.